Welcome to Frustrated and Exhausted, the podcast for women in leadership, where I help you fulfill your ambitions without sacrificing your sanity or your resilience. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 11 of Frustrated and Exhausted. Today I'm going to be talking about saying yes and no. This kind of came up, we're obviously heading towards the end of January and it came up for me just as I was thinking about reviewing kind of 2023 and thinking about the year ahead in 2024 and one of the ways that I do that is to think about what I'm saying yes to and what I'm saying no to. They're small words but they are really important words. You know if you think about it they give or they deny consent to things, they set boundaries, they shape really our lives and our leadership. And that's what I'm going to explore in this episode is how they do that. So I've got a few points for you today. The first one is really about the perception that we can say no to a lot. And, you know, if you're a parent, I'm a parent, I feel like I say no a lot. <laughs> and my kids love, I don't know about yours, but my kids absolutely love the Yes Day movie. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, it's Jennifer Garner and it's it's really quite funny. They think it's absolutely hilarious and they keep absolutely begging for the yes day. It's, it's really funny because it, it kind of comes back to this, what might happen if we said yes to more things. Saying no can also be, it can be difficult. It can be difficult from, you know, <laughs> parenting aside, it can be difficult culturally. So for example, in China, um, I lived there for a year. In China, it's actually really hard in Mandarin to say no. You have to do it in this really roundabout way. And that's because culturally it's considered deeply impolite to say no. And that's quite an extreme example, but it's kind of true. I mean, I'm in the UK. It's kind of true here in the UK as well, quite often, you know, it, especially if you're a bit of a people pleaser and you have that additional drive to kind of want to make everybody happy all the time. Um, saying a direct no to something and setting a really firm boundary can be really difficult and sometimes it can feel like conflict even if all we're doing is setting a boundary or you know you, we don't want to do something and saying no to something it can feel like that's hard and that's because we're worried about the other person's response and we're worrying about damage to the relationship if we say no to this person and what they want us to do or spend our time on, then that can feel quite difficult at times. So it, it can be a really hard thing. Equally, saying yes can be difficult at times. Somebody comes up to you with this really big opportunity out of the blue. You're asked to speak at a big event or something and you kind of want to say yes because you know it's an opportunity, but it's terrifying. And saying yes then can become stomach turning and, and difficult. If one thing is true in life, it's that we, time is precious and we don't know how much of it we have. What we say yes to and what we say no to, it dictates our time. It dictates what we're going to spend time on, what we're going to spend time doing, who we're going to spend time with. And, you know, in a work context, it sets our priorities. If we don't want to do something, but we feel like we should we believe that we should do it, we have to do it in order to please a boss or um, a co-worker or whatever it is, then 
that means that a chunk of our time is going to be spent doing that thing. But if we spend our time doing that thing, we can't spend our time doing the things that we actually want to be doing, that we do believe are valuable. So this ability to kind of say yes or no to things, you know, it couldn't really be more important. It, it sets out what we spend our life doing. And saying yes or no to something, you're making that choice. Is this a yes thing or is this a no thing? There are times in life when it can be really genuinely life-changing, whether it's who you're going to be a partner with, whether it's taking a promotion that's going to require some big life changes, whether it's deciding to go for a new job, to accept a job offer, whether it's getting married. You know, we say yes and no to things all the time, but some of those decisions are bigger than others and they can really change our lives. You know, for me, I... <laughs> thinking way back, I had a choice at the end of university. Um, I had a bit of a mad moment, to be perfectly honest. Um, and I'd seen this advert in our university career service back in the days when adverts for things were posters on walls. And it was advertising teaching in China. Now, I had done all the applications for all the graduate schemes. I'd applied for the big civil service recruitment schemes. I'd applied for all the banking things and kind of in amongst all this I saw this thing teach English in China and I'd always been quite fascinated by China I thought like, oh, what will I do and I thought well I'll just stick my hat in and why not I've got no idea what's involved or where in China it would be or how to teach English even to be honest but you know I it just something something just made me go oh, why not maybe maybe that's what I need Anyway, I kind of got a graduate banking job and had gone off, um, a really good one, to be fair, um, had gone off for the induction day and it was the same day that my degree results came out. And um, sitting in the induction day, just kind of, hmm, everybody else is really excited about this and I am just not feeling it. I just don't feel that excitement about it. But, you know, this is where I am and it's a good job and it's the sensible thing. And... It was the same day, day those degree results came out, as I said, went back uh, up to university. Again, it was the days when they stuck your results in a list on a wall. Got them, phoned my mum and dad to let them know. And um, they're like, oh, oh, this uh, this thing's arrived from you from Teach English in China. Um, I hope you don't mind, but we've, we've opened it. <laughs> they'd actually steamed it open. Why they steamed it open and then told me that that's what they'd done, I have no idea. But anyway, um, and they said, you've, you've got it. Um, if you want to go and it was one of those moments where there was no choice to make really I just knew straight away I'm going to China now that might not feel such a big deal now um, lots of people travel all over the place but then it was quite a big deal and certainly in my family and kind of surroundings I mean I had lived at home the whole way through university I hadn't been anywhere it was a really big deal and a lot of people thought I was mad but it changed my life I went, I stayed for the year, it was tough, um, I was in quite a small place, um, it, yeah, that's a story for another day maybe, but it, it was major anyway, it was a big change, and it was the best thing I ever did, um, it led to a career in the foreign office, it led to living abroad in other places, learning languages, meeting people, making friends, everything really, it kind of completely changed my path. And it would have been easy to say no. Everybody would have thought I was sensible if I said no. But it was one of those gut decisions. 
And that's the other point I want to make. You know, how do you know when to say yes or no? How do, I mean, seriously, how do you make decisions? For me, quite often, the big decisions that I've made in my life, they've not been head decisions. They've been kind of intuitive, I guess you would say, decisions. They've been decisions that I've, I've just gone for it because somehow, on some level, I just knew it was the right thing. From going to China to marrying my husband, you know, I just knew. And there are different ways to make decisions. You know, sometimes we make decisions with our heads. Sometimes we make decisions with our heart. And sometimes we make decisions with our gut. I'm quite a gut instinct kind of a person, often for the big stuff. But head has to come in at different points too. So how do you generally make decisions? You know, what are you basing your decisions on? In the world of work and careers and leadership these days, we hear a lot about the impact of data-driven decision-making and the importance of data. And we have to draw on the data and everything's about data. And that sort of really kind of almost denigrates kind of personal judgment and intuition sometimes. And yet, you know, people who've studied intuition have found that effectively what's going on in our brains is our brain is sifting for patterns. Intuition is also based on data from our personal experience and our lived experience. So there has to be a balance to me. Other people might disagree. I know some people who love data decisions and that's that's fine. If it works for you, it works for you. But really thinking about how we make those decisions how we check in with things so that we we know it feels like they're so that we can stand behind our decisions and think actually I've made the best decision that I can on the basis of the information available to me at this particular point in time because if you can do that you can you can do that and not have regrets but how often do we actually think about the way in which we're making decisions how many of your decisions are made head heart or gut or data. How often is it a blend of them? For me, often it'll be kind of gut-based for the big stuff and checking in with kind of my head um, and, and kind of knowledge-based and, and kind of logical thinking. But sometimes there's a bit of a drive at the moment and a, a trend, I guess, for data-driven decision-making. Um, but data can be biased as well. So I think there's always, to me, there's always space for personal judgment and intuition as well. Because if we're making decisions purely on data, anyone can make that decision. The data does it for us, presumably. But the data might not always reflect the, the exact context or the people within it. Or what you believe is right. Or what you value is the most important thing. So I think this has real implications for leaders and for the world of work. And I think it's worth giving some real thought to if that's something that's kind of impacting you at the moment. But regardless of the world of work, understanding more about the way in which you make decisions, the perspectives that you think through, what you feel in your body when you make a decision. How do you know it's the right one for you? Really give that a good think. It's worth doing. So just to summarise, I've talked a little bit about kind of the cultural aspects of saying yes and no. The beliefs that surround it, I should do this or I shouldn't do that, can make it difficult to say yes or no. I've talked about time and the importance of the words yes and no to to really dictating how we are spending our time and setting our priorities. These words are really important. 
talked about the way in which saying yes and no can be life-changing, you know, when it's those big calls that you need to make about something. We've explored a little bit around how you know whether it's a yes decision or a no decision and how you go about making those decisions. I hope that's kind of been a little bit thought-provoking for you because I think this is a really big one. It relates to boundaries, it relates to priorities, it relates to kind of really good judgment and decision making. And I think, you know, don't throw intuition out with the bathwater. <laughs> um, data is important, but leave space. Leave space for your own judgment and intuition as well because it's coming from somewhere. And that is your brain exploding patterns and experience. Thank you so much for joining me again today. If you want to think a little bit more about this or you want some support with that, come and have a chat with me about my Resilient Women group programme. Or if you're looking for some one-to-one work and something really a bit more in-depth, um, I have a couple of spaces um, this year. So do get in touch about that and um, we can we can have a call and see if it'd be a good fit. Thank you so much for listening again and I'll see you again soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Frustrated and Exhausted. Hit the follow button for future episodes. You can also follow me on Instagram at Resonate Leadership and LinkedIn at Ruth Alexandra Wood. I'd absolutely love to hear from you. Frustrated and Exhausted is brought to you by Resonate Leadership and the wonderful team at the Podcast Boutique. I'm your host, Ruth Wood. Take care and speak to you soon.